Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to One Life Church. My name is Rhett. I have the honor of being the lead pastor here, right here at One Life Church. And I want to take a moment and just tell you, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. However you're joining us, whether you're watching online at olc.church on YouTube, we're just so glad that you've taken some time to be with us. We're really excited about today's message. We're closing out a series we're calling Mastermind, which is all about change your thinking change your life. But before we jump into the message today, I want to look in the camera and just tell you again, One Life Church family and friends, I love you. Linda loves you. My son Max, he loves you. And we miss you. So we're sending you virtual hugs today from our home and from our hearts to just hopefully encourage you and tell you we can't wait to see you real soon. Now, that leads to a question. Well, Rhett, when are we going to meet? Is that going to happen soon? Well, honestly, here's the bottom line. I don't know. I wish I could stand here today and tell you the answer that all of us want to know. But here's what you need to know is that every week I'm in conversation with our mayor. Every week I'm in conversation with the Civic Center. And every week I'm in conversation with our leaders. And as soon as we know, we're going to let you know. And we can't wait for that moment. But until then, I want to remind you, church family, the church isn't a building. The church isn't a venue. The church is a people. It's you. It's me. It's us. And in this season, as the city of Nampa is starting to slowly reopen businesses and the economy, we have been given permission as a church to meet in small groups. And so that's pretty exciting. So what I want to tell you that right now that excites me is I want to encourage you to start hosting watch parties in this season until we can meet again and gather in a big corporate setting in the gathering, right? I, I want to encourage you to invite family, friends, those who are closest to you, your small groups, to gather together and to host a watch party. Maybe it's on Sunday morning and you're watching and then afterwards you're doing a barbecue or, or maybe you're watching it on demand later in the afternoon over a barbecue or a picnic or whatever that may look like. I want to encourage you to do that in this season and be the church and continue to be the church, which you're already doing. But I want to encourage you, it's okay to do that now, which is so exciting. So as we prepare to open up and to reopen, and as we're waiting to hear back from the Civic Center and the mayor on when we can do that, I want to encourage you, continue to be the church, continue to love your neighbor, continue to serve others, and let's just be encouraged in this season. I love you. I'm proud of you. We're getting through this together one day at a time, and we can't wait to see you real soon. But until then, let's jump into today's message as we close out part three of Mastermind. Change your thinking, change your life. So what do we know? Well, we know that most of life's battles, whether it's your marriage, your family, your finances, your health, your career, most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. We've also know that it's almost impossible to have a positive life with a negative mind. Over the past few weeks, we've learned that what comes into our mind comes out in our life. So in order to change our lives, we need to change our thinking. And so we've been looking at the life of Paul because if there was anyone who learned the art of mastering their mind, it would have been Paul. Because we see all throughout the New Testament that he fought 
he warred, and he won when it came to the battle of his mind. And here we find in Philippians chapter 4, on honestly one of Paul's worst days, he's in a Roman prison waiting for possible execution. And instead of saying, woe is me, where is God? So discouraged. No, we find him ending a letter he wrote to the Philippian church or the church in Philippi. We find him encouraging them, lifting them up. And he ends his letter with this, and this is what we're going to end our series with today. Let's read this. Philippians 4, chapter 6, verse 9. He says, hey guys, the One Life Church, family, friends, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious, but in every situation. In other words, in every area of your life, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, notice this, present your request to God. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, pray. Have a conversation with God. To which we would say, why? Well, Paul gives us the answer. Look at this. He says, and the peace of God. I want everybody to say the peace of God. And the peace of God. Come on, one more time. Say it right where you are. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your, notice this, minds. Yeah, the peace of God will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. And then he says, hey, finally, brothers, sisters, one life, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think, meditate, ponder, reflect on it. Think about these things. He says, whatever you've learned, whatever you've received, whatever you have heard me or seen in me, he says, hey, put it into practice. In other words, don't just listen to my words, but be a doer of God's word. Why? He says it again. You ready for this? And the God of peace. I want you to say it again. The God of peace. The God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. So today I've entitled this message, The Peace of of God. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, uh, is that you can download our message notes because we're a message note taking church. And I want to encourage you, download those message notes, hit that button on our website, olc.church that says message notes, print them off and follow along. And let's get ready to learn from God's word today. Because I believe with all my heart that it has the power to heal your mind, to heal your life, and to change your life and to change your family. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Have you ever had runaway thoughts? Like, have you ever had a thought that led to another thought, and that thought was worry, and that worry turned into more worry, which led to fear, and that fear led to anxiety, so much so that you just want to give up on life altogether? Like, why is it that we do this? Now, many of you are probably laying in bed at night contemplating worry upon worry, and it's led you to a place of so much fear that you don't know what to do. And so here's an example. Maybe you're a college student. When you're lying awake at night and you've got a big exam tomorrow and you're thinking, you know, I probably didn't study that test like I should have. And if I don't get a good grade on that test, then I'm not going to get into a good college. And if I can't get into a good college, then I won't get this good job. But if I don't get a good job, then how am I going to get married? Because nobody's going to want to marry somebody that doesn't have a good job. And then if I don't get married, then I'm not going to have the kids I've always wanted. And then and then if I do get lucky enough to get married and have kids and we have kids then and they grow up, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, now they're going to have to go to school and deal with sex, drugs, rock and roll, meth, violence, and bullying. And, and then I'm like, goodness. 
as they get older, now they're going to need braces, now they're going to need a car, now they're going to, that car's going to need insurance, and then I'm going to need money to pay for all their extra sports activities and extracurricular activities, whether it be cheerleading, baseball, or soccer, whatever that might be. And now I'm thinking, oh, goodness, now I need a better job to make more money. So now I got to go back to school to get a better job, make more money. But now as I get through this, now I recognize that my kids, oh my goodness, now they're going to have to go to college. Now I'm going to have to save money for their college while I'm still paying off my college is. And then it's like, now I'm worried. Now I'm overwhelmed. Now I got a headache. And now that headache has led to what I think is probably probably a brain tumor because I Googled something and it said, yep, yep, that's what you got. You got a brain tumor. That's not a headache. And now your life is spinning out of control. Why? Oh, because you haven't studied for your final exam. Come on, don't leave me alone on this side of the camera. Am I the only one that has those kind of crazy thoughts? Why is it that our minds can so easily run off course and our thoughts run away from us? Why do our minds compound fear? The truth is, you and I, we have a brain. <laughs> You're thinking, well, Rhett, and some of us do, maybe some of us don't, right? I get that. But no, hang with me. The truth is, you and I have a brain, or we should at least, and that God has given us. And inside of what each one of our brains is a little almond-shaped portion called the amygdala. Now, the brain is one of the most integral and dynamic organs that we have, but God gave us a special portion of that brain called the amygdala, and it is responsible. Like, its number one job is survival. It's to protect. It's when you feel afraid or you fear fear or when you feel fearful, it's the part that kicks in and goes into full force. It says, hey, there's a dangerous situation. And you're in this dangerous situation, so it's going to flood all kind of adrenaline into your body, and it's going to say, run, Forrest, run. Here's an example. Maybe you're driving to work, and you notice a guy next to you in a lane texting while driving. And as you kind of have your eye on them, all of a sudden you see them begin to swerve into your lane because you're not paying attention. Well, the amygdala kicks in and says, this is a dangerous situation. You need to swerve for your life, for your safety. That's what the amygdala does. Here's another one. Maybe you're lying in bed at night and just about to go to sleep, or maybe you were asleep, and you were woken up by noise that you heard in the other room. The amygdala kicks in and says, hide under the covers because if the intruder, if you can't see them, they can't see you. <laughs> I mean, like, why do we do that? That doesn't make any kind of sense, right? Well, the amygdala, its number one job is to protect. It's hardwired for protection for survival. But here's the problem. The problem is it's not objective. In other words, it has no reasoning capabilities. And this is why this is so beautiful. God gave us a buddy in the brain called the prefrontal cortex. Now, hang with me. I'm going somewhere. I promise. Now, this prefrontal cortex is the logical part of your brain and God gave it to you on purpose because when the amygdala gets out of control and it's hearing noises at night and it's thinking oh my god I'm gonna die because there's somebody in the next room and you decide to grab your lamp off your nightstand and to use it as nunchucks right the prefrontal cortex kicks in and says hey buddy it's calm down and he begins to speak up and he says hey you know that's that's not an intruder it's probably just the cat into which then your prefrontal cortex is giving you the next thought and say, you know, that thing you've been thinking about doing to get rid of the cat is probably something you should go ahead and just take care of now. Okay, listen, I'm just trying to be a little bit funny. I know some of you are cat lovers. I love you. I love all God's animals, but dogs are the best. I'm just saying, okay? So God 
The reason God gave us the prefrontal cortex is so that it could keep our amygdala under control so that it could work together. And here's the bottom line of what I want you to see, and I don't want you to miss this, is this, is that without the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala responds to pre-programming. And don't miss this. Without the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala responds off of pre-programming. So let me give you an example. You know, I'll never forget as a child growing up, playing outside with my friends. Now this is way before video games, so hey, listen, there is a such thing, kids, as outside. It's amazing. The sky's blue, the trees are green, and the wind is blowing, and there's dirt. Let me just tell you, as I grew up, I had a baseball, a bat, uh, G.I. Joe's, and dirt. It was amazing. So I encourage you, I highly encourage you, if you're a student, to get outside and enjoy these things. It's amazing. Well, one day while we were playing, I'll never forget, the sun was going down, it's getting dark. There was a car. Now, we lived in an apartment complex, right? And so we're outside in this little open area, but there was this car that had one headlight that was working. And this one car with this one headlight pulled up really slow to us, rolled down the window, and I'll never forget it. It was like it was yesterday. You can hear the guy say, hey, kids, hey, man, I got some candy. I'd love to give you some. Y'all want some? Come on over here to the car, and I'll give it to you. Now, as any good child in the 80s would remember, stranger danger. Do you remember those commercials? Yeah. And we as friends, we knew this. And so the moment that kicked in, our amygdala went into response. The emotion, the adrenaline began to rush. We thought, stranger danger, and guess what we did? We ran, and we ran, and we ran, and we ran to our safe place that we had already predetermined as good kids, which was the drainage ditch. <laughs> now, why in the world would we choose a drainage ditch as a safe place? I don't know, but that's what we did as kids. But here's what I want to point out, is anytime after that moment that we saw a car with one headlight our amygdala kicked in, we went into fear, we ran, we ran, and we ran until we got to that drainage ditch. And so I just want you to know that even to this day, as a 42-year-old man, at night, when I see a car with one headlight working, I have like, like these emotions, these adrenaline, like this feeling of like this fear can tend to set in and it's like then my prefrontal cortex comes into play and says no red okay no that's that's not gonna happen not every car with one headlight is out to kidnap you so why am i telling you this so here's the reason i tell you that story is because many of us you and i included because of our life experiences because of the things we face because of the things that we've experienced our brain is pre-programmed the things we see, the things we hear. It's pre-programmed that when we see these things, when we hear these things, to trigger a response that leads to fear. So let me tell you what Jesus didn't say. Jesus didn't say, hey, let your hearts be troubled. No, he didn't tell us that. In John 14, 27, Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You know, the angels that showed up to the shepherds when they were announcing the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, they didn't say, glory to God in the highest, stress and anxiety on earth. No, they didn't say that. Luke 2, 14, it says, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. 
goodwill toward men. You know, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He didn't say, be anxious about everything. No. While under house arrest, under Roman guard, in Philippians 4, 6-7, we read it earlier. We're going to read it again. No, he said, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about COVID-19. Don't worry about your finances. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about the election. Don't worry about the marriage and the finances and your career and your future. Rather, but in every situation, every situation, when you're fighting an addiction, when you're fighting a challenge in your marriage or in your home relationally, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, don't miss this, what do you do? You present your request to God. You have a conversation with God. And look at what happens when you begin to talk to God. Notice this. And the peace of God. Come on, everybody say peace again. And the peace of God, which transcends all human ability to understand. Notice what it does. It guards your hearts and guards your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the question. How do we experience God's peace? We experience God's peace through conversations with God. We experience God's peace through praying. Listen, prayer is not a last resort. Prayer should be our first response for peace. I love Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly. Let us approach God with full confidence, not in arrogance, but in confidence to God. Why? so that you and I may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I love 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says, this is the confidence. Hey, One Life, this is the confidence that we have when we can pray. We can approach God. And this is this, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, I love this, whatever we ask, we know we have what we ask of him. When we pray, you and I, we have an audience with the creator of the heavens and the earth. You have an audience with the king of the universe. And not only does God hear your prayer, not only does God respond to your prayer, but check this out. God changes your brain when you pray. In other words, God renews your mind. You know, there's a fascinating scientific study that I've just discovered as I was preparing for this series and even this message it's called neurotheology. In other words, it's called spiritual neuroscience. It's the study of what happens to the brain when we pray. And you guys, check this out. You ready for this? Spoiler alert. You want to know what happens when you pray? What happens is it not only touches the heart of God, but it touches your brain. It rewires your brain. It actually changes the DNA and the chemical structure of your brain. Dr. Caroline Leave, who specializes in cognitive and metacognitive neuropsychology, wrote a book called Switch on Your Brain, and this is what she has discovered out of several years of research. She said, it's been found that just 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Dr. Caroline Leaf, this is amazing. You know what this tells me? Is that prayer not only touches the heart of God, it touches and changes our brain. It renews our mind is what the Word of God tells us. 
So just as toxic, negative thoughts have the ability to cause us to worry, to have anxiety, to cause us to fear and lead us into a place of depression and destruction, prayer has the power to breathe life into our mind and to bring healing into our thinking. And so this is why James said in James chapter 5, verse 16, he says, pray for each other so that you may be healed. And that's why Paul again tells us in Philippians 4, 6 through 9, he says, hey, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every area of your life, by prayer petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Talk to God. Have a saint conversation with God. Pray to God. And look at what happens when you talk to God. The peace of God. Somebody say peace. Peace of God, which transcends our understanding, guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So what does prayer do? Prayer invites the presence of God. Prayer invites the power of God. And ultimately, prayer invites the peace of God into your mind and into your life. It transforms you. And that's why this is so powerful. So the question is, why do we worry? Why do we lie awake at night, thought upon thought, fear and anxiety, just ruling our mind? Why are we afraid of the future? Well, neuroscientists would tell us it's called the amygdala hijack. What's the amygdala hijack? It's exactly what most of us have been experiencing for the past month and a half. It goes like this, COVID-19, panic, Run for your life. Prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. Buy all the toilet paper. Buy all the hand sanitizer. It's bad. It's only going to get worse. It's too late to pray. Forget everybody else. Save yourself. It's the amygdala hijack. So where neuroscience would tell you it's the amygdala hijack, the word of God comes along. And even Paul would say, listen, your mind is being dominated by sinful nature. Or in other words, your mind is being dominated by worry. So if our mind's being dominated by worry, then what in the world is worry? Well, worry, simply put, is it's the sin of distrusting the power and promise of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the power and the promises of God. He's basically saying, God, I don't trust you with this. God, you know, I, you know, you say you're good, but I don't really believe that you're good enough to handle this situation. Look at this. In Romans 8, 5 through 6, Paul says, Hey, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, in other words, those who are dominated with worry, anxiety in their thoughts, living in fear, who aren't trusting God, what do they do? They think about sinful things. Notice that. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, in other words, those who have welcomed God into every area of their life, including their minds, they think about things that do what? That please the Spirit. Paul says, he goes on, so letting your sinful nature control your mind, well, that leads to death. However, and let me just say this, many of us are experiencing death. Maybe not physically, but we're experiencing death emotionally. We're experiencing the death of a relationship. We're experiencing death in our homes and in our families. And so I want you to know it doesn't have to stay that way. There is hope and there is life. And that is you can let the spirit control your mind. In other words, you can choose to believe what God's word says is true. You can choose the truth and it is a choice. You can let the spirit of God direct your thoughts. 
And when you do, look at what happens. It leads to life and peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. When you allow the Spirit of God to control your thoughts, it leads to life and peace. That's why I've been saying all throughout this series, the key thought is your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you'll change your thinking, you'll change your life. And that's why it's so important for you to learn, like we talked about in week one, demolish the stronghold. What's a stronghold? It's any area in your life that you've been held captive by a lie. You've been locked a prisoner by a lie and a deception by something that isn't true. And God's given you the power to demolish that lie by the power of Christ, by doing what? Taking captive every thought and making it obedient to God's word. But you got to know God's word, so you got to read God's word. So I've encouraged you to open up Google. Bible verses about depression. Bible verses about fear. Bible verses about anxiety. Read God's word, but not only read God's word, begin to identify the lie, name it, because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. Once you define it, define the truth that replaces that lie, which is God's word, and then begin to write it, begin to think it, and begin to confess Confess it until you believe it. You've got to make the decision that says, I will not let my life be dominated by lies and sinful thoughts anymore. I'm going to choose to follow God's truth and God's spirit because God's spirit does not lead me to anxiety. God's spirit does not lead me to worry. God's spirit does not lead me to fear. God's spirit does not lead me to panic. But God's spirit leads me to life and peace. God's Spirit, through His Son Jesus, leads us to peace. Why? Because Jesus is peace. So how do we experience God's peace? Like many of us do what I do, and I'm not saying this is right, but this is what we typically do, is that we have all these worries. I cast my family worries. I cast my relationship worries. I I cast my financial worries. I, I cast my health worries or my future worries in a huge worry box. And then, but one moment, I have like a moment of faith, like a light bulb goes off and I decide, you know what? I'm gonna trust you, God, with my family. I'm gonna trust you with my finances. I'm gonna trust you with my health. I'm gonna trust you with my future. And then we decide to wait. And then when God doesn't do anything, we say, God, I'm taking my family. God, I'm gonna worry about my finances. You're not doing anything with this, God, so I'm taking back it. I'm taking all of it back. And the problem is, you guys, your God is too small and your worries are way too big. So it's time to get a bigger God and to have smaller worries. So what is God asking us to do? He's asking us out of 1 Peter verse, chapter 5, verse 7. He says, give all your worries to God and cares to God. Why? Because He cares for you. So we don't just take our worries and give them to God. No, we take our life and we become hidden in God through Christ Jesus. We give him everything. And so I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you right now are thinking, Rhett, you're talking about living irresponsibly. Like, just give it to God? Like, live in denial? Is that what you're saying? And I'm saying, no, I'm not talking about living in denial. I'm talking about living dependent on God. 
So there's three things that I try to do when it comes to this that I want to leave with you today as we close. And that is the first one is that I'm just going to do what I can do. I want you to say that right now with me out loud, everyone. I'm going to do what I can do. In other words, if I've got a health issue, I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to exercise. If I got a big test coming up, I'm going to study. Then I'm going to study. And then I'm going to study some more. If I've got a financial debt that I'm trying to get paid off, then I'm going to learn how to create a budget. I'm going to save and I'm going to spend less than I make. In other words, I'm going to use wisdom. Well, that's the problem, right? I don't have wisdom. Well, you know, God says in James 1, 5, that if you need wisdom, then ask our generous God who will give it to you. So God can give you wisdom. So number one, I'm going to do what I can do. Number two, I'm going to now give to God what I can't do. I'm going to give to God what I can't do. And what I can't do is I can't change a person. And what I can't do is I can't heal a person. And what I can't do is I can't control everything, nor can you. So I'm going to cast my cares, my anxieties, my worries, my thoughts, and the lack of things that I can't control. I'm going to give those to God. Why? Because he cares for me. He cares for you. And then number three, ultimately what I'm going to do is I'm going to trust God no matter what. I'm going to trust God no matter what. I love Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Like, stop trying to figure it out. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In other words, what is that saying? Trust Him no matter what. Why? Because here's the promise. He shall direct your path. So what does that mean? It means that God will silence the chaos. God will silence the confusion in your mind and he'll begin to give you clarity of mind, the peace of God, with every step that you take. Imagine what your life would look like. Imagine for a moment what your life would look like with this deep abiding sense of peace. A tranquil mind. Peace in your thoughts that you can't even explain with words. And some of you are thinking, well, Pastor Rep, that's absolutely impossible. There is no way that I'll ever be able to have that kind of peace of mind. And I would say, my friend, Jesus himself would say, Mark 9, 23, he would tell you, everything is possible for those who believe. In other words, everything is possible for those who make a choice. And today, my friend, the choice is yours. The choice to choose life and peace. So what do we know? We know that most of life's battles are either won or lost in the mind. We know that it's almost impossible to have a positive life with negative thinking. We know that what comes into the mind comes out in our life. So what do we do? We have to train our minds toward, toward truth. We have to demolish the stronghold. We have to demolish the lie. We have to identify it. Why? Because we cannot defeat what we cannot define. So we have to name it. Then we've got to identify the truth of God, God's word over that lie. And then we've got to write it. We've got to think it. We've got to confess it until we believe it. In other words, we've got to renew our mind. And so maybe your confession goes like this. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and to glorify him. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. 
I am disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I'm growing closer to Jesus every day. And because of Christ, my family is closer. My body is stronger. My faith is deeper. And my leadership is sharper. I'm creative, innovative, driven, focused, and I'm blessed beyond measure. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I have the mind of Christ. My thoughts and imaginations and words are under the power of Christ and I take all thoughts captive and I make them obedient to Jesus. What am I doing? I'm living Romans 12 too. I'm being transformed by changing the way that I think. Change your thinking, change your life. And you need to begin to tell yourself, you are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons that you fight with are not the weapons of this world. My friend, you have divine power to demolish strongholds. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, it guards your mind, and it guards your soul in Christ Jesus. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. So I'm going to write it. I'm going to think it. And I'm going to confess it. And I'm going to choose to not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in my marriage, in my family, in my finances, in my health, in everything, by prayer, petition, in thanksgiving, I'm going to present my request to God. I'm going to pray. We're going to have conversations with God. Why? Because the power of prayer invites the peace of God. The power of a conversation with God invites the peace of God of God and it transforms our mind and it transcends all our understanding and it guards our heart and it guards our minds in Christ Jesus. My friend, wherever you are, will you bow your head and we close your eyes? Some of you who are watching and some of you who are listening and you are carrying the weight of worry. You are heavy laden. You are heavy burdened and you can feel it like this weight of anxiety this weight of fear, this weight of oppression. And for some of you, man, you are battling the weight of depression. And these unrelenting thoughts that continue to go over and over on replay in your mind that continue to get worse and you're tired and you're exhausted. And it's like you feel like you've done everything you can. And so now, my friend, I, I just want you to know it's time to allow God to do what only He can do. And that's to give you rest and peace in your mind and in your life. Jesus tells us in Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, Hey, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, I will breathe life into your mind and into every area of your life. God says, if you'll just come to me. With every head bowed, and every eye closed. If you're watching today or if you're listening and you don't have a relationship with God, my friend, I want you to know that that can change the day. Your life can begin to change. Your mind can begin to be renewed by the power and the presence and the peace of God. But it doesn't come by anything that you can do. It doesn't come by going to a church service. It doesn't come by doing good things. No, it only comes by accepting a free gift that has been given to you. That free gift is Jesus. And he's the hope of the world. John 3:16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son to die 
for you and I to pay for our sins so that you and I would not have to, but so that we could live and experience eternal life. What does that mean? It means that we can experience life after death, but also life on earth. And that's the best news ever. And my hope is today that you would lean in and that you would choose life because everything is possible for the one who believes. And some of you feel trapped. You feel trapped by the burdens. You feel trapped by the weight that you've carried for so long. And some of you are Christians and you've carried some weight for so long. And the day is the day that you just give back those weights, those anxieties, those fears to Christ. But for some of you, you've never done that. And today is your day. It'd be my honor to pray for you. Romans 10:9 says, if you just simply confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience this life. You'll be saved. So wherever you are, whoever you are, if that's you, would you say a simple prayer like this? Would you say, Jesus, forgive me. Come live inside of me. Change me. God, today, I give you my life. I give you everything because you gave me everything. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe in my heart that God, you raised him from the dead and that my sins are forgiven. So today I receive the hope that is Jesus. I receive his peace and I receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Just say this, say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission. I give you access to every area of my life. Have your way in me. I declare you as my Lord. I declare you as my Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. If you just said that prayer today, congratulations and welcome home. Hey, would you do us a favor? Would you take a moment to fill out our online connection card and let us know you made that decision? And here's what we're going to do with that information. All I simply want to do is send you one email. We're not going to call you. We're not going to show up at your house. All I want to send you is one email. That's it. It says congratulations and simply give you some next steps. Also, there's a place for prayer requests on that card. If you have any prayer needs at all, we would love to pray the promises of God over your life. All right, you'll also have an opportunity here in a moment to attend our Discover class. What is Discover? It's the best next step for you to connect relationally to One Life Church. It will allow you to see what your life would look like connected to a life-giving church. And we believe that's important because God says that your life will thrive. Your life will flourish when you're connected in relationship. And so you have the opportunity to check that out today to see what it would look like to be connected to One Life Church. All right, we're going to continue to worship the Lord with our giving. And this is worship to us. This is just one an, another way for us to honor God with our resources. And One Life Church, I want to tell you, you are the most generous church on the planet. You are going in places that you might not physically be able to be right now, but you are there because of your generosity. If you're our guest today, please feel no pressure or obligation. There is never an expectation for you to give here at One Life. All we would say is if you would like to give, ask God. And if God speaks to your heart, all I would say is just be obedient to whatever he would put on your heart. All right. Today's been an incredible day. I cannot wait to go throughout this week and to see what God's going to do in and through all of your lives. So here's what I want to do. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over your life as we dismiss. God, I thank you so much for my family. I thank you for my friends. God, I thank you for every gift and every giver. I pray blessing, protection, favor over them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the God 
of peace. Transcend their understanding. Guard their heart and mind with your peace. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Okay, come on. Let's give God our best in worship as we honor Him with our finances. And let's get ready. Don't forget, next week, right here at olc.church, Mother's Day. Hey, don't forget Mother's Day. So let's get our family, our friends together, those who we're close to. Let's invite them to a watch party at your house or wherever it might be. And join us for Mother's Day next week right here at olc.church. God bless everybody. See you real soon.